Grab your popcorn, it's Premiere on Amigos, episode 388. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Premiere. Mm, yes, indeed. Premiere. Yeah. So, movie game. You know, Aaron, do you like going to the cinema. You know, it's funny. I just told the kid, I'm like, listen, we're going to start going to the movies. Get out of the house a little bit, you know. There was a time that I loved going to the movies. In fact, I, you know, the Chud, he's a big movie guy. Mm -hmm. Me and the Chud would get together. Uh, me and Wes, some other guys, and we'd go see movies all the time. It was a lot easier back in the day because we had like a dollar cinema in the town mm -hmm. going for bucks. So you could just go like the whole day for three or four bucks, watch a bunch of movies, get you some food. Yeah. You know, it's a lot more uh, difficult to do that now when you pay $18 cabillion. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you might catch a hideous disease. Yeah. So it's made it less... I haven't been to the cinema since before the outbreak. Let's put it that way. What about you? I hate the movies. You hate you hate movies in general or just hate going to the movies? I am lukewarm on movies in general, and I hate going to the cinema. Why is that, move? I hate being trapped in a dark, enclosed space for a, a long period of time. Well, I mean, it's not like it's that. It's not like it's a closet. It's a huge theater. I still feel claustrophobic. Really, in a big, huge theater? I do. I do. I don't like it. When I was a, when you know, you go on a date, you go to the movies. You know, that's fine. That's a different thing. Yeah, but. To go and have to be forced to sit and look at a screen for three hours, especially since every movie these days is three and a half hours long. You go there. That and is different. And, and you know, you get your food and stuff, but then yeah. you've got to use the bathroom. And then you're missing the movie. And then you feel bad because you paid $18 gajillion to come and see this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That Leave that aside from the fact that maybe there's people in there that don't want to watch the movie. Maybe they want to talk. Maybe they want to play videos on their phone. Yeah. You know? There's nothing about the movies that is attractive. I kind of like that though. That's because I like a movie where the people in the theater are getting into it. Yeah, like a, uh, yeah. A karate movie. Getting into it isn't like looking at their phone or talking to their friends. Yeah. You know, I like when people are cheering and stuff. I went to see the first Transformers movie. Yeah. And at the end of that, people cheered. Yeah. Oh God, they cheer for their money back. <laughs> After that, it's all, you know, every once in a while you go to a film. I've, I mentioned this a couple of times. I like two times I can think of. I mean, I go to Rocky Horror a lot. Mm -hmm. so I, back don't in the day, I don't count I know, that but that sort of screws with you, right? I went and saw this Jet Li movie, right? And it was a, 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 it was a predominantly African-American audience and me. Because mm -hmm. right? I like Jet Li. I don't mm -hmm. know what it was about Jet Li, but people liked him. You know, so... This was a whole different kettle of fish that I was used to. People were going like, yeah. They were shouting the screen, get him. Mm -hmm. And they would do some stuff. They'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, this, I like that. I like that, yeah. And then sometimes, like, I went and saw that uh, god-awful uh, Clones movie, Star Wars, mm -hmm. Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Here, send in the clones. Mm -hmm. So stupid. At the end of it, the whole movie sucked the whole time. And I'm in the movie with a bunch of dudes, and we're all bored, and we're hate-filled because it sucked so bad. We paid all this money. At the end... You see Yoda, like, sitting around, and all of a sudden Yoda, like, kicks it up, gets a lightsaber, gets right. this big battle, and, like, you can see all the guys leaning forward, and when Yoda jumped into everybody was like, <laughs> right. that and was, we went yeah. nuts. We yeah. were all high-fiving. Yeah, Yoda that happened to me, too. Your butt, and yeah. then the second that scene was over, back to butt. that was, it was back to waiting for that sucker to end. It's yeah. like, my God. And when you look back at how stupid it is that Yoda was in a <laughs> fight, it's so dumb. The whole thing's dumb. But it was we were so bored. <laughs> right. We take anything. So sometimes that great. That's great. Now the thing I don't like is when you're in a movie, 
and the sucker in front of you is perp or behind you are purposely screwing with Kicking you. Kicking your chair. And a few times I've had to get up and mm-hmm. be like, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to beat the mm-hmm. out of you yep. if you do not stop. Mm-hmm. And generally they stop. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they then don't. Then I just sit there meekly. <laughs> Like a geek. That's the way it goes. Have you ever wanted to build your own home theater? I have. Because, you know, some people we know, like the, the Flaxters, got right. that theater with the cool uh, movie posters. And, and chairs. Cartoons mm-hmm. playing and candy machine and yep. stuff. That'd be great. But the problem is, I don't got buckets of cash or space, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't have the ability to do that. I'd like to. It's funny, back when projectors first came around, like this projector we're using right now, I felt like King Dong of movies. People would be like, oh, my buddy Rich had one. Everybody was like, look at this projector. Like, no one had seen one. So there was a split second where any geek that had a projector could be the King Dong movies, but that went away. Fleeting is what I would say. So, Aaron, speaking of being the King Dong of movies, let's talk about Premiere. Well, I think we're talking all over King Dong here, but. There it was, Boat, the haunting premiere theme. Yes. Pretty haunting, Boat. So let's get into this thing then. <laughs> uh, premiere premiered. See what I did there? In mm-hmm. 1992. Then they said, let's re premiere this sucker, re release it, if you will, on the CD32. It came around in 94. They brought it back. Brought it back. Brought it back. Uh, by the way, have you ever heard of or played this before this week? No. In fact, I don't even remember when you guys did this on ARG. Yeah, we did cover this on ARG, and I'll get to that a little bit uh, in, uh, later on. Uh, this was developed by an outfit called The Eighth Day. It's a cool name. It is a cool name. And I looked into these guys because they developed some big games that we've actually covered. They did the Heimdall, Heimdall 2 were both theirs. Uh, and uh, they, uh, from what I read, I, I couldn't find Jack Squat on them, if I'm honest. I mean, of anything of any consequence. But from what I read, uh, they released games for Amiga, Atari ST, and DOS for about uh, five years. Okay. Before they before they went away. Uh, this was a three-disc joint. I'm mm-hmm. Basically, I looked at the original. Uh, I did not even look at the CD32 version, if I'm honest, because I, I, I looked at the original version. But it was three discs or CD if you had a CD32. Uh, the uh, uh, producer of this, Jeremy Heath Smith, ha- had some decent titles under his belt. Uh, uh, he had Banshee, which we both l- mm-hmm. like quite a bit. Yeah, that's a great shooter. Uh, Jaguar XJ220, which mm-hmm. we both like. Yeah. And b- the Blob. <laughs> so two out of three. I don't know. We haven't played the Blob yet. Uh, the coder for this, Dan Scott, he did Blastar, which I think we looked at that once. He did Chuck Rock 2, which I really like that. Uh, uh, Son of Chuck, mm-hmm. I believe. That was a good mm-hmm. one. Uh, he also worked on Heimdog and Wonder Dog, which we should definitely play. Yeah, I want to play that. Uh, the graphics were at Jer O'Connell. He did both the Heimdolls and a game called Team Suzuki. Oh. So I'm, I'm assuming that's a motorcycle game. The music guy, Martin uh, Everson, pretty much did all the stuff you, I just mentioned. And, cl- and also did Bub and Sticks, the Deja Vu's, the Skeleton Crew, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and... Uh, again, this came out in the, on the ECS, OCS, and on the CD32. Although I've heard that the up the upgrade to the 1200 was not what I would call a, a super impressive. But that, that, that's in fact, it's a score on limit is far far lower on the CD32 mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, so, Premiere, what is this? Well, the game starts off both 
with what I would call a, uh, I would say a top shelf opening, uh, if it was me. Uh, uh, and the opening of the, of the game is uh, uh, shows a guy who's sitting around cutting film, like a film editor, mm-hmm. right? And his name's Clutch, I believe. Yep. And he's sitting around, and he falls asleep editing this film. And then while he's asleep, some dude breaks into the office, steals uh, a bunch of reels of film, and then runs off. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, Clutch is woken by a phone. The, uh, it's someone who basically, I guess, is asking for the film. Clutch looks, it's gone, freaks out, and then runs off and attempt to get all the, fr- uh, the, all the cans of the film back. So that's your premise. What do you think of this uh, cinematic opening? Buddy? Great. Fantastic. Yeah, it was probably real- the best cinematic opening that I've seen on the Amiga. Yeah. Uh, this is, is you know, the, 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 the lighting effects are excellent. Uh, the, the way that the characters are drawn, I found to be appealing and not disturbing. Always um, a good. That's always a good. That's how you separate them, dude. Do I like this or do I get scared of this? <laughs> yeah. These are boats. These are boats limits here. So you like that's good. And um, the way that it's shot, it's like it's shot like the opening credits of a movie. Yeah. This made me absolutely pumped to play this game. I'll give you that. It does. And the, and I will say, the game s- sticks to that premise. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, really, it's a, it's a it's a clever tool for a plot for a game. Okay, so after the opening, you are in the game, uh, and you play uh, the titular character, Clutch Gable, or Gable. I think it's Gable. And Clutch is a, uh, a let's go into the realm of the, the characters you play in platform games, but <laughs> this is a weird one because Clutch looks like he should be the villain of the game. He looks angry. He walks around like he's pissed off. You know, he's got this floppy hair that moves around when he walks. Yeah, he's he, got a slight humpback. Yeah, he's he just looks perpetually upset. Mm-hmm. And he's got white hair, so he looks old and angry. It's like a Steve Martin look. Well, yeah. He, actually, he does look a lot like Steve Martin. Now that you mentioned it, I didn't think about it. Uh, but Steve Martin is sort of happy and, and, and fun to be around. Uh, Clutch looks like a jerk. So, mm-hmm. uh, so... Just before we get into the game proper, what did you think of this guy as your as the guy you play? Listen, as Amiga platform mascots go, Clutch is okay. Yeah, he's okay. Uh, you're right; he does look inexplicably angry. Yeah, although he's on a mission. You yeah, know? he's he, maybe that look of anger is a look of intensity. Well, it looks like anger to me, and I can understand why he's angry. Yeah, because he's got to go through a lot of crap here. To retrieve these uh, film containers. So, what do you do in this? Well, the, this is a straight-up platformer with a twist. A stupid twist. Uh, you run around, and, and so each of the film canisters is contained in a different film, presumably that's being shot, or was shot. I say it was still being shot because there are actors still there who hate you. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, for example, the first level, you find yourself on, in like a cowboy film, like a western all right. So as you walk through this game, it's got the things you would normally expect in a game: stuff to jump over, stuff to avoid, spikes. It's got doors that have switches that you need to pull down to open. It's pretty much there's nothing new there, but it's got a gimmick. And what a gimmick, boat! And the gimmick is uh, this game ha- uh, has two planes of 
or two planes in the play field, a front and a back plane. And you move back and forth. Uh, I guess the thing I think about is like Fatal Fury was the same way, the old fighting game, where you could jump into the foreground or the background. So if you if you hold the joystick down, hit the button, clutch will go into the other frame. And so in theory, the stuff on the foreground won't hurt you if you're in the background, although some stuff still does. Uh, and you will use this to, uh, for example, there'll be parts of a level where there's a platform that you can't get across unless you switch planes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have to switch planes, or sometimes you have to always be on the back plane to open a door, for right. example. And you have to switch back and forth. That's the game's gimmick. Now, it does a few other cute things. But, I mean, in a nutshell, to me, when we played this with Brent, and I, I was not my opinion didn't change that much, this is sort of like a, a, a standard platformer with a wacky plane gimmick. Now, there's a couple other things that are cute. Uh, when you are on the movie set, you go through a door. When you come out the other side of the door, you're in behind the scenes. So whatever film you're on, it could be uh, the Western, it could be the, the Mummy movie, it could be uh, uh, the Graveyard, and wherever it is. When you go behind the scenes, you see all the wood, all the... Uh, director's seats and all, that all crap. the construction. That's right, mm-hmm. lights and whatnot. Cameras are back there, and so otherwise, it pretty much plays the same as the front side. It just looks like the behind the scenes of, of a film. I think I've got most of it. So, your thoughts on uh, you know what did you think about the gimmick here? Well, <clears throat> here's the thing. Um, what do you look for in a platform game? When a good platformer, a game of this genre, what are you what are you looking for? Fun factor. Uh, I'd also want. Uh, I like. Okay, brisk, explain explain fun factor in more uh, detail. Brisk, high speed action. That's what I look for. Unless it's like one of your thinking man's type okay. things. All right, like a Mario. I hate to use it, but it. Hey, listen, it did it great. So Mario. So you want speed? Okay, that's the first thing. Yeah. What else do you want? Uh, I want to not be frustrated, mm-hmm. and I want. Uh, I want levels that I can get through that don't take a year. Mm-hmm. All right? How's that? Okay. Oh, well, not tons of collectibles. I don't want that either. Okay. Well, what I want yeah. out of a platforming game, or I want some of the same things that you do. Yeah. Okay? Both things that you said are true. I want a game that feels fast. Yeah. Okay? I don't want uh, a TV sports basketball-like experience in my Mario-style platforming game. Yeah. Okay? I was thinking more like gods. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want... Uh, short levels that are completable, especially early on in the game. Yeah. I need to have an early sense of being able to do to have completed something. Sure. Okay. I also want variety. Okay. I want to have a big variety in different enemy types. I want to have variety in power-ups, and I want to have variety in level design. Okay. Yeah. Premiere does not deliver on speed. <laughs> It makes God look like Sonic. It's, it's a, <laughs> it is a plodding, plodding game. Okay? Yes, I agree. Premiere does not deliver on level shortness. No. Uh, no. Premiere's levels are all labyrinthine and, uh, and long. Yes. They are long and they are confusing. I agree. The platform gimmick is, uh, ends up being the most frustrating part of the game. Because you talk about the back and forth, the back, thing. yeah. The, I'm sorry, the the, the planar existence yeah. of your your guy. Because you're bebopping along a level, 
And these levels a lot of times are vertically orientated, okay? You are climbing up a structure, okay? Um, a lot of times you'll start at the bottom, you go through a series of doors to slowly work your way up. Well, then you're not paying attention what plane you're on. You try and make a jump and it turns out you're on the wrong plane. You fall all the way back to the beginning of the level. And you're not just using losing five minutes of progress. Sometimes you're losing 10 or 15 minutes of progress yes. when you do that. That's extremely frustrating. However, I will say that this game does deliver in the variety department. Uh, each one of these levels, not only are they set in different movies, but the 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 enemies are all sort of cleverly done. Uh, they the enemy patterns are your typical Amiga, not very good. Just roll back and forth on a platform. Yeah. They don't ever attack you. They just sort of want to run into you so yeah. they can continue their journey. But uh, for example, in the Egypt level, some of the enemies look like they're actually drawn on the yeah. wall. I, I mentioned the first time we looked at this. That is the hieroglyphic yeah. enemies. They're very, uh, they're they're very uh, cunningly done. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I also like, um, you know, all the enemies are are well drawn. You know, the 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 actual art yeah. in this game again. There's no bad words to be said about yeah. any of the art. Yeah, the in graphics this game. graphics are nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at the end of the day. <laughs> Can I say that this is a good game? I would call this a good game. You know, this is a game that is very difficult. It's very, it's going to take you memorization. Yeah. It's going to take you mapping to figure things out. These are not things that I want in a in a game, in a platforming game. You don't want to map way. in your platformers? Listen, but if you're in the Eurozone, that's what they love. So... Um, this is, it's just what you're going to have to deal with, but it's not bad except for one thing. Yes. And that one thing are the mini games that are in between these The boss levels. battles or uh, whatever they are. Well, yeah. they're, I guess they're, they are they're, mini, they're games. mini games. Yeah. Okay. So but you have to win them. When you complete a stage in this game, you go on to, uh, to fight a boss and the boss fights are all completely different. Yeah. The first stage, you have to win a quick draw contest, a multi-round quick draw contest against a guy, and it plays out sort of like Wild Gunman, where you see the guy reach for his gun, and you have to you have to beat him to the punch. It's just a Wild Gunman. I felt like I had a chance. I couldn't beat this, this guy game. To save my life. This game, I could beat him on the first round, and I literally tried a hundred times to beat him on the second round, yeah, and I, could I couldn't not. either. Brent can beat him. Okay. But I could not. In I had to the, cheat. In this game, and by the way, I would love to see Brent do this in person. An Amigathon, I'm going to summon this game yeah. to have it because I want I want to see how he does it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is a, this is the Achilles. This is the the worst thing about this game is that when you lose the boss fight, which is technically a bonus round, you go back to the very very beginning. You go back to the very very beginning, and that is horrible because these bonus games they are not skill based they are luck based and a lot it was basically you don't have enough lives to make them skill based you get a limited amount of chances to do very specific things now the second one which is you're on a train yeah and you've got to outrun the train i could beat that yeah. one after i was gonna enough. say the first one was the one i couldn't beat the second and third one i could beat the second one with the train and the third one with the debt where you're dodging the devil right where you open that door those i could beat yeah the first one i there must be a gimmick that we don't know but I could not figure it out. Here's the way these should have played out. They should have played out more like bonus stages than boss fights. 
they should have played out where you get some sort of bonus if you can defeat him in a certain amount of time. And or and if you lose, you still you for they give you some sort of a continue where you can try again. Having it's just from the time alone that it takes to complete these stages, that turns me off from ever wanting to return to this game. Now there's a, there's a few things I want to add because I pretty much almost everything you said I would agree with. Um, the uh, the game does have now not nearly enough of these, but it does have checkpoints. Yep, and they're done a in a very rock, yeah, a, little, a very clever way, a clapper. Yeah, but there are two things that make me this game makes you want to kill yourself. One, there's those things are few and far between. Mm-hmm. Secondly, when you die in this game, if you don't have one, you go all the way back to the beginning. It is brutal. Mm-hmm. It's brutal do that, all right? Because it takes so long to get to them. Yeah. Secondly, the game has a really nice soundtrack, but you can't have music and sound effects. In nope. 1992, nope. we still couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming on the CD32 version, they've came up with something. Uh, no, they. I, in fact, I think I remember reading on Lemon that that was something that, that you still couldn't oh, do. Oh, Lord. Well, all I know is I, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to pick. And what really makes me sad is the game's sound effects are okay. I usually play a game, if I've got the choice, I usually pick sound effects. And and so I did on this one. And and remember Brent on the ARG show, he goes, man, the music this was great. I'm not sure I ever heard it. Yeah, the music's so very good. So this time I made it a point to listen to the music. Mm-hmm. It's real good. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, and a lot of the stuff in this, and there are little touches that are very clever. Mm-hmm. Like you said with the hieroglyph. <clears throat> on one stage, there's a photographer. I'll take a picture and it makes the screen look like those old photo- like old pictures. It's stuff like that. There's some stuff on the on the graveyard level of this key. There's a lot of there's six levels. I mean, it's it's and each level is super long. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've mentioned this I don't know four million times. I'm going to mention it again. If there's nothing that would stop you from just having in this game having the end of the level be uh, a fifth of the way through the level mm-hmm. and then ha- make level one two yeah one three. It's I mean, almost as if somebody did that nearly a decade before. I, I know. I don't get it. I don't get it. And they, and this is another game where the levels are too long and the checkpoints are too infrequent. Okay. Also, there's a lot of cheap hits in this. A ton. Sometimes you can't tell if something will hurt you or not. So just assume that you can kill it. Your guy picks up their various forms of ammo. Sometimes it's like a looks like a pillow or something. Sometimes he's got like a water thing. He's got different sorts of stuff. If you run out of this ammo, it makes the game exponentially harder. And you will run out because one of the problems I had is every time I switched planes, I would throw at least one of those things. And sometimes you're in such a hurry to switch, you're just shoving, mm-hmm. just throwing that crap all over mm-hmm. the place. And it, uh, did you have that problem yes. too? Okay, thank God. Yeah. Also, they listen, you've got this clever game. Do we need the old, same old tropes? Why are there spikes in this, for example? Do we need that? It, well, it, you know? it, again, it's, you know, the, the whole Euro aspect of game design, their, their, whole, their whole MO is we need to prolong the length of this game so the magazine reviewers don't complain about it being too short. Well, And so they throw up all of these obstacles just to artificially prolong the length of the game. Well, it, I hate them. I hate, you know how much I hate this, this. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Why are there spikes backstage at these films? Because, I mean, you they've got a good thing going here. You know what I mean? <laughs> why, why screw around with it? There's aliens, like I said, there's, well, aside from the uh, levels we mentioned, there's also one with, with uh, UFOs and stuff, which is cool. They, it's, they've set themselves up for a really cute game. It's a good premise for a platformer. 
But they made it like they they did everything else wrong. I mentioned this to Brent before, and you mentioned it too, the plotting of the guy. I mean, if you look at the screen, if you're watching this at home right now, you know you're in trouble when the guy you're playing just literally stomps through. He doesn't run or move at a brisk pace at all. Yeah. And this game, and I remember when I, me and Brent talked about this because Brent's like, Oh, you like gods? Well, I do like gods. This is not gods. Say what you will about gods, whether you like the pace or not, the pace is the same. But the gameplay element of moving in between the foreground and background is it's death for mm. this game. It is death. So many times you get confused. So many times you're hitting that switch button over and over. And at the end of the day, despite the good music, despite the very good graphics, despite the great plot, despite the premise and everything else, and even taking out the foreground and background, this thing is a by-the-numbers uh, affair. I mean, they didn't reinvent the wheel. None of this stuff here is, none of the actual platforming is what I would call particularly original. You're going up ladders and steps. You're hitting switches. There's nothing of any consequence going on that makes you go like, oh, wow, this is really unique. You know, it's just the same old crap. And so, there well, you go. You know, I'm not going to fault them for not reinventing the wheel because it's hard to reinvent the wheel on a platforming game. But what I will fault them as is, is that, like you said, everything that you said, I wanted to make one more point, too. Yeah. <clears throat> you have all of these um, stages that are in all these different locales, and that's it's super awesome. Yeah. I found that I was spending more than half of the time in each stage in that boring backstage, you know, back lot where all you see is the back of the, the set. Yeah. I don't know why they made that as a decision. What I would have liked to have seen is something more akin to Super Mario Brothers 2, where you go into like what they call like the sub-level or whatever, where it's a mirror image of the level. But those are very small portions of the stage. Because when you are playing a game like this, you want to see Egypt. You want to see the Wild West. You want to see like 30s Chicago. All those places are interesting. Looking at backstage is not interesting. Well, I think that was adherence to the gimmick. There's two things, I think. One, it was adherence to the gimmick. And although they could have done more with that, even with the backstage part, could have been fun. They could have done more. They could. That, that would be where, like, if you want to put in like a little store where you can buy more supplies. Like, you collect stuff in this game. You collect Oscars and junk like yeah. that. It means nothing. None yeah. of that. None of those collectibles. Well, score. Will score. Yeah. It, One thing. I mean, but what? It, here's what I think. I mean, uh, this is you know, it is what it is. Listen, half the games backstage, and that's half the game. They didn't have to do anything uh, of any consequence with graphically, mm, right? You know, because the same stuff backstage is the same stuff you uh, come across in the game. You know, uh, you know, your guy can pick up health. You know, it's the same shtick. There's some, like I so said, there are cute elements on every stage. Don't get me wrong. Like, for example, we're on the horror stage. Some, when you're walking by a window, sometimes it'll explode. Now, they do hurt you, and that's annoying, but it is, it's something. It's something. They tried something. Um, long story short, I didn't change my tune. With the exception, I do like the music an awful lot. Uh, I mentioned me and Brent played this on ARG. I think we played it in the 190s somewhere. And my brother told me this is one of his all-time favorite Amiga games. I was begging him to send in a review, but he didn't send one because he's a lazy bum. Uh, but, uh, so someone out here likes this game. And there's, there are elements that you can enjoy, but to me, I like it. I did have a look before we get to the Discord. I looked to see what the, the various critics thought of this thing, Boat. People in Lemon uh, give this thing a 7.2. We're talking about the OCS version. If you're interested in the uh, C32 version, they gave, it's got a 5.79, so for whatever reason. 
Uh, Amiga Format, uh, 89. Amiga Mania, 83. And it goes down from there. Amiga Games, the one. Retro Archives, all in the lower 70s. And, uh, it, you know, it is what it is. It's a, it, I'd say the overall scoring on this, is, I mean, would you call this boat, in your opinion, is this a C title? Yeah, I'd, I say, say, this is, I'd say it's a C, C+. Plus. That's exactly what I told Brent, and I stand by that. It's a... It's a it's a special title if you're in the mood for something because this isn't even like a thinking man's. This is not really. This is just a slow platformer with a weird twist. What did Discord say? Uh, David Hearn Ryder says Premiere is a well designed platform game with nice graphics and suitable music, but I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The concept is well worn, but the movie theme is neat. The scene set with an intro of our slacker protagonist falling asleep on the job before the reels were stolen. Running around the various movie settings to recover the films provides lots of variety in not only the levels, but the enemy characters you'll encounter too. The stampede of bulls on level one being my favorite. Yeah. Having two layers to move between is novel, but can't save the gameplay. This is no flashback, my friends. Instead, it's a test of reflexes and patience, perhaps your sanity, uh, perhaps to your sanity, punishing you by sending you back too far when you die, and die you will. Ten years after Mario Brothers, it's as though Core learnt nothing. After playing for an hour, I felt like I'd been slapped around more than Chris Rock at the Oscars. Two out of ten. It's like he's thrown it all in there. Yeah. Pajaco, 6502, writes, I poured over images in magazines when this came out. A cartoon console-quality platformer on my Amiga? Finally obtaining a copy one day, I loaded it up. The intro was amazing. Things could only get better, right? Sadly, no. The game was and is a clumsy, mediocre platformer. Boring levels that take too long and are quite cheap in places. Most of the switches give you no idea what they do, and jumping between the foreground and the background is awkward, often resulting in wasted ammo. Losing the quick draw at the first boss and getting to continue from the very start of the level was not a great experience no. this time around, so I am out again. Graphics are still gorgeous, music is catchy, although music and sound effects would have been nice. Sadly, I don't think I'm ever going to love this game as much as I wanted to. It's worth loading up just for the intro, but it's a game of missed opportunity. Four out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's all we got. That's it. Well, listen. it. Uh, those people pretty much said the exact same things we did. So there you go. Enough said. I will say, if you if you feel like you need to pick this up, on the, about two things. One, this is not available anywhere else. No. So this is an Amiga exclusive uh, or a CD32 exclusive. So... There's that. That's something. That is something. Mm -hmm. Because it's not crap. Two, this proves that the Amiga could have had some high-quality visual games. They just need to have better designers. So mm -hmm. we both know that. And thirdly, if you want to pick this up for your Amiga, I saw these going for anywhere uh, between $15 to $32. I think this was a fairly common uh, boxed game that you would see occasionally. And I believe it also came in some sort of pack. So there you go. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a real bummer. It is. You know, a I took no pleasure in in in, uh, in killing this thing, but it is it is what it is, boat. Yeah. All right, Aaron. As we leave premiere, we'd like to uh, show you a a couple words from our sponsor, Frank at Retro Rewind. Are you a sketchy tech? Do you have the right tools for the job? Have there been incidents? Next time, don't try to fix it yourself. Send your broken Amiga to Retro Rewind.
get a full diagnostic, a reasonable estimate, and the peace of mind knowing that your machine is in the hands of real technicians with decades of experience and cutting-edge repair equipment. Save 10% off your repair with the promo code AMIGOS10. Thank you to RetroRewind.ca for supporting this episode. Full effect. All right, Aaron, we start our new segment this week with a um, melancholy happy trails to uh, one of the um, big names in the Amiga streaming community. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Taylor Kalk of Pints and Amiga passed away uh, last week. Uh, he uh, went into the hospital, had some surgery on his uh, portal vein, and uh, unfortunately uh, didn't pull through. Um, Aaron, uh where were you when you found out? Well, it, you know, this, this, uh, this, uh, the rumor of him being ill kind of kicked up right before we went to uh, tape last week when we did the show. And uh, I kept waiting around to hear some news and stuff. And uh, I, uh, I heard the news was grim. And it's apparently whatever happened to him was a real freak thing. Uh, and so uh, I will say, uh, and this this tweet we're showing right now is from our, our good buddy Amiga Bill, and Amiga Bill had a stream scheduled for Sunday, and it ended up being a uh, sort of a, one of those celebration of life type streams because I mean literally uh, uh, Taylor's dad ended up popping in for a minute. It was real. It was tough. It was tough, and ultimately he he ended up passing away Sunday. And I will say uh, that. Uh, Say what you will about the Amiga community, but on this day, uh, in in uh, Bill's stream, and Bill was the only guy that could handle this task mm-hmm. with the grace that he that he handled it and the way he put it together. Uh, it was very uh, therapeutic to be around all the other Amiga fans uh, and to uh, to exchange stories and pictures and the videos and stuff. It was a rough day. It was a real bad day. You know, I, I feel so bad for for uh, Taylor's dad. Uh, you know, I, I, I get on Pints Amiga occasionally. They they often shoot the same time that we're doing TSI, so I don't get to see get to everyone. But I go in there a lot, and a lot of the people that come to watch us are big fans. Edvin and, and Texas Foosballer and O-Rom, a lot of those guys, Super Tech Boy, they, all, they were like standard uh, players over there at Pints and Amigas. Always... Pints and Amiga was like va- almost barely controlled chaos. Their streams are madness. I mean, it was just, it was insanity. It was like a nonstop, like funny fuel, funny car fueled thrill ride every week when they laid down uh, their show. But it was it was fun, and those guys absolutely knew their Amiga stuff, and their their setups unbelievable. So I hope I hope and pray that uh, Taylor's dad. Uh, goes as well as he can in the family, the whole family. You know what can you say? We have uh, we uh, give you our condolences. Uh, it's a loss for our, our community, and it, it one thing it does do. I put I'm, I mean it affected me. It put it put it in perspective. I'm a father myself, and I don't know what and I don't know how it would feel if that happened. I mean I'll tell you, I hugged the kid a little tighter. I mean it sounds corny, but it's it's an absolute fact. It really got to me, and this is one of those things. And Bill brought it up over and over in the stream. 
you know, there you never know how much time you've got with people. So take advantage of the time you have. And rest in peace, Taylor. And uh, I hope everything goes as well as it can. But that's about all you can say about it. Well said. Well said. Aaron, our next story is about Sensible World of Soccer. Uh, you know, Sensible World of Soccer continues to be wildly popular. So popular, in fact, that uh, they keep making new versions of it. Yeah, I know, it's amazing. There is a site called sensiblesoccer.de, and these guys are a team of coders that do the hard work of updating all of the rosters for all of the teams every year. And uh, Amiga Swast 22-23 has been, has been released. It's been released. So uh, you can head on over to sensiblesoccer.de and check it out. You know, uh, Sensible is, is, is one of those games that uh, I could, I mean, we could stop the show right now and fire it up, and, and I'd be happy to play it. Yeah. It's, it just never gets old. It, it never I, gets old. It is. We actually, I mean, we remember when we played Kickstart 2, or Kickoff 2, and this, almost week to week that mm-hmm. one time, back way back in the early days of the yeah. show. And we both, I liked them both, but I did like Sensible Soccer more. But the thing I don't understand is these discs. You know, when because I used to get uh, TV sports basketball where they do like the teams. Mm-hmm. But if correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't there like 40 billion teams in this? I mean, how many of these teams are they all getting the treatment updated? Well, when you can when you consider that uh, you know the text takes up a very small amount of space. All right, it's just the work that would I mean, that's oh, a lot of yeah, work. Yeah, in terms of the amount of discs, I don't think that's really a factor. But the yeah. amount of work that goes into this, yeah. This is a labor of love for people that really love this game. And, of course, there's a community uh, that is uh, surrounding it. And, you know, there's there's 10 people online right now playing Cincy Online. So you can... Uh, I love it. You can, you can check this out. And uh, I, I bring a Megathon, Aaron. We're going to have to play I was just thinking some, that. Yeah. Does this one provide more support for more than two people at once? It doesn't, no, does I don't it? think so. That'd be neat, wouldn't yeah. it, to have multiple. This looks great. I'm just going to get this, and then we'll play this. That'll Sounds good, man. Sounds good. All right, Aaron. Coming up next, <laughs> this is insane. Somebody posted this on the uh, on the Discord. Uh, this is the most expensive Amiga piece of hardware I have ever seen. Got thirteen. I have ever seen. This is a thirteen thousand uh, dollar computer. That thirteen thousand. Is... You know, it really confused me when I uh, when I went to England and I started having to deal with Europeans. Yeah, uh, they 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 use the comma and the decimal point opposite the way that we do. Uh huh. And so uh, I'm always I'm still shocked by that. But <laughs> you're shocked. I'm by shocked. It? I'm shocked by it. Um, you know, this thing has it all. It's got the drive bays. It's got two three and a half inch discs, and it's got a key. Because sometimes you just gotta fire that sucker up. The thing is that so this is we're talking about an picture here is an Amiga. 3,500. Okay, now I've never seen one of these in my life, and I didn't know they existed. And maybe somebody in a check and explain to me, is this a real product that was released? Or did some guy just uh, tower towerize an Amiga 3000 or an Amiga? Because I've never seen this before. I don't, this I've never a, heard of this This thing. is a, uh, a Lobsterminator, I think, posted a picture of, uh, of the, the full-size tower and this thing is a full-size tower. Yeah, it's this a, is an old-school full-size tower. I mean, this would be great to have. Is it 13,000 euros great? My God, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. You know, I mean, that's uh, car-type money. 
Although, you know, listen, people pay that much for pinball machines. Yeah, yeah. And pinball machines are probably less rare than this. Undoubtedly. So, I mean, some of them aren't, but most of them are. I don't know how many of these are made. Now, Texas Foosball says they never mass-produced it, so, but that tells me that this was an actual machine. It actually came out of, the fa- of some factory somewhere. So, I mean, listen, if you own this, okay, you've got to charge the big money, yeah. right? So normally we rag on these people that are asking all this money. This is one of the rare times, especially in the Amiga community, when you're trying to sell something so incredibly rare, assuming that it works, you've got to charge mm-hmm. 13 large, mm-hmm. and, and someone's going to pay that. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt. because And the thing is, it will never go down in price unless you just throw it off the back of the truck. Exactly. You know, exactly. you've got something here that's super-duper rare. So I'm glad just to have seen it. I'm going to do a little research into it, but, I mean, it is... Quite remarkable. Yeah. Now, Alien Breeder says this is not an official Commodore product. So one would wonder who put this out. Mm. It's interesting. Yes. Uh, it may be similar to the old Bodega Bay. It could be. It could absolutely be. Uh, this is uh, this next story comes to us from Indie Retro News, Aaron. Uh, there's been a lot of game news lately. Uh, a lot of updates and things, but this oh. is something that I hadn't seen before. Tiger yeah. Healy. Were you a big fan of this game in the arcades back in the day? <sighs> this one... This is an older game, and I don't remember playing it all that much in the arcade, but I did play it when it came home, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit uh, back in the day. Uh, it's an, I, I love these kind of ports, though, because it, you are bringing sort of that old stuff back. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this might be one that might be fun to play. I mean, look at it. I'm looking at this scene right here. You know, t- I think it's a Tato, isn't it? Uh, toa Plan. Oh, Toa Plan. Okay, because so I recognize... The, the water scenery, just in this one scene. Mm-hmm. This is a game I honestly have not played a ton of time. So I would that's good. Yeah. That means it'd be more fun to play on here. Does he have a release date on this? No release date yet, uh, but uh, you can download the demo right now. And the, this is also open sourced on GitHub. So if you are inclined, maybe you can even help with the, uh, with the, with the development. It looks nice. I mean, we, we have uh, been very fortunate. I'm hoping... Uh, uh, we'll, during an Amigathon, we'll actually get to sit down and play a bunch of these newer games. I've got some stuff on the Amiga Mini or whatever we end up playing with, your Mr. Well, I think the Mini is going to be the way to go because it's so much easier to add stuff to the, the Mini. The Mini is, yeah. and it's locked, cocked, and ready to rock with the Mini Amiga. Yeah. I should mention, this is off the subject, but I talked to Amy Jimmy mm-hmm. this past week. He's taking a little hiatus, but he assures me that by the time we go to uh, Coco Fest, he will have the Mr. version of Amiga uh, mini, uh, a mini Mega ready to go, and he should also have uh, a few more surprises because I told him we were taking the uh, uh, A500 Mini with us to show it off at the Coco Fest. Mm-hmm. So, that, that, so we got more to look forward to. Jimmy's taking a little break after Christmas, but he'll be back at it. Sounds good, man. Yeah, sounds good. We got one more news story, Aaron. Uh, this is the uh, there's a there, another tech demo, but man, this is one of the most uh, graphically impressive uh, tech demos I've seen. This is uh, a game called Rim Game. Yeah. And uh, check this out, Aaron. This thing, uh, it, it runs on both PAL and NTSC. Uh, this is a, uh, this is, it uses ham mode, okay? So Tenmark right now is falling out of his chair with excitement. <laughs> um, the background, That's all it takes. The huh? background tiles are in ham, which means it uses the full palette of 4,096 colors. I mean, look at this. See how colorful it is. See all the all the different sort of like shades and their possible. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Too. And guess what? What? It's not AGA. This is OCS, baby. Really? Yeah. 
It looks real nice. What kind of what kind of monster do you have to have to run this? Thing? Oh well, but, you know what? This will run on an Amiga one thousand with five hundred twelve megs. No, you're kidding me. Listen, really? It's all. It's not about the hardware. It's about the programmers. You got to give okay. that's a, that's some that's some jack right if, there. If, if anything, realize the broken promise of AGA it was oh, showing so us what, that. What is this called again, Bo? This is called Rim. Uh, Rim game, uh, R- like probably, REM game, yeah, REM game. Yeah, I, I, that name may be subject to change. What what kind um, of? Yeah, I, I, would, I don't. Know. I would be against it. And of course, as you look at this, you can see that there's really not much of a game here so yet. So this is just a, a play field that they're working right. something out. But I mean, look at this. This looks like a game I would love. There's a ton of stuff going. Yeah, yeah. it looks right up your alley. Bro. Yeah, there's a yeah. ton of stuff going on. Yeah, uh, as well. But this looks like a real winner, man. I have to say. I, that's a that. So where are we at on this thing? Does, do we know? Oh well, I think what we've seen is where we're at. I see. So that uh, is amazing. Yeah. That's going to run an Omega One Thousand. That's yeah. good work. I, again, you know, get back these guys. They yeah. they deserve your backing. I think, Bode. All right, Aaron, and that's going to do it for this week's news. So why don't we uh, check out and see what's been going on on the old YouTube channels? Well, we're just going to touch on these briefly, Bode. Uh, this week released uh, on our channel only two things. We've got Ask the Amigos, which we filmed, I think it was last week. You know, the, we go in and answer the, your burning questions, I mm. believe is how you put it. And then on uh, on uh, ARG, we did TV tie-in games. Ooh, both TV tie-in games. Uh, over on the uh, Amigo Stream Team channel, you can check out a cut. Last Friday, I did an RPG exploration where I just put, pulled out all my old RPG stuff, and we just uh, looked through it. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun. I had a good time doing it. Uh, and then, uh, of course, also check out Happy Coding with his weekly seminar and 48K uh, with uh, more of his fun. And coming up this week, I should be posting 48K, where he actually goes through and plays a bunch of demos on the BBC Commander 128. Nice. Very cool boat. All right, Aaron, what are we playing next week on Amigos? Let's find out, Boat. Oh, Budokan. I've been waiting for this. Listen, Budokan, I'm looking forward to this. It's been a while since we played it, but we actually mean you played this together. Yeah. I think we did it at Amigathon a couple years ago. It's funny, all of our co-gaming is done at Amigathon. <laughs> it's like year after year. So I'm looking forward to giving this a whirl. You know, while we're talking about uh, uh, what we played at Amigathon, we should probably touch on that because we're only a couple weeks away, aren't we, Bo? That's right. February 18th is Amigathon. Uh, right now, uh, you can head on over to Amigathon.com and uh, you can throw in bucks already. Everything that we do supports the Children's Miracle Network Hospital. Uh, and uh, we stream the event live starting at 8 a.m., on a Saturday morning, we end at 8 p.m. It's 12 hours of Amiga gaming goodness. Like I said, head on over to Amigathon.com and check it out. We should mention that uh, uh, you can give immediately, and we've already raised $1,250. And we want to thank Frank at RichardRewind.ca for matching five, the first $500 funds. But very nice of Frank. That's right. He's a good guy. All right, guys. This is all we are going to do for you this week. That's all we have in the tank. We're running out of steam, Look and at I'm disheveled. He's disheveled as hell. <laughs> we want to thank all the fine folks that support our show. If you like us and you want to support my new shirt fund. Please um, do it. Please. Or maybe a tanning fund would be in order. <laughs> Head on over to patreon.com slash amigos podcast, and uh, you can 
join our Discord community through there. We'd love to have you on board. We want to thank our Twitch subscribers uh, that watch us every Friday at around 5 o'clock on twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. I want to thank our expert moderators, Duncan Styles, Pixels at Dawn, and Super Tech Boy for doing their thing. Guys, we will see you next week. We leave you with the haunting love theme from Premiere. Until then, adios. adios.